Pyrite Nitro and Mud, episode number 10, Nitro. coming at you right now. I'm your host, Brandon, the Cowboy Krieger. With me always is Colby Marble from Nitro, Nitro. Pilot. What's up, Colby? Yeah, yeah, what's up, man? Yeah, it's Nitro Pilot now. Nope, no more name brand media. Yeah, a little hard to get used to that. I almost set off the name brand media, but forgot you changed that this week. <laughs> yeah. It's hard for me, too. I've been running that for... Well, since 2012, so it's going to be hard to get that out of my brain, but I feel like I made the right decision to change the name to something more specific to our sport a little bit to get uh, a little bit more views, hopefully, and people more interested in it. Uh, easier to to search and follow, seeing as how the name brand name was spelt wrong uh, and all that. So when you tell people to search name brand media, they don't really know that you have to explain that it's spelt wrong and it's kind of weird. So I just decided it was the right move to make it easier for people to find us. Yeah. And it, it just sounds more badass. Let's be honest. No, it does. Anytime you put nitro in front of something. It exactly. Sounds exactly. <laughs> so we don't have oh, yeah. a whole lot of, whole lot of new news this week uh, that we didn't cover last week. Uh, I guess we'll say if anybody wants to go just have some fun and, just basically free ride on a hill climb bike if you want. They have the uh, Appalachian Moto Jam going on April 3rd in Monticello, New York. Yeah, I it's saw that. Not exactly a formatted hill climb. It's just kind of a free-for-all and ride whatever you bring. It's different. Interesting. It's different. Sounds like it could be a good, fun time to have. Yeah, uh, it sounds fun. Just a big fun. party with motorcycles, so... Yeah, if you're I mean, looking to get some uphill practice, that'd be a good event to do it at. Yeah, that, that's something for people that are interested and they want to travel, go. I was told don't expect a whole lot from the hill. So, so no, nobody wins, nobody loses. It's just a freestyle free-for-all? From what I'm that's gathering, I guess they yeah. kind of keep track a little bit, but I know we know if they have a timing system. Mm -hmm. Well, that'd be hard to... Uh, declare a winner with no times, I guess. Yeah. Just say, oh, that guy looked faster. We'll give it to him. But yeah. Well, sounds fun. Yeah. Sounds like a good fun time. I might go up and check it out. It's not far from me, so. Yeah. Uh, any news on the Nitro and Mud team? Uh, nothing new so far. I'm still plugging away. Haven't had any new entries, so. Still plugging away at it. Not much, uh, not much on the uh, the website either. Still kind of waiting to get people to uh, sign up for the uh, donations. Yeah. We'll get them. We're getting it. It's getting a little bit better. A couple every week we get. I think we're up to 500 bucks so far. So, And raffle tickets sold. Uh, I heard Phil was going to donate one of his Triumphs. <laughs> we'll have to ask you that when we get him on here. <laughs> yeah, I doubt that. <laughs> well, now that you get that, let's uh, let's get Phil on here. So, without ado, it is the most consistent hill climber in the history of hill climbing, Phil Lippard. What's up, Phil? Can you hear me? We got you, bud. Yeah. Okay. What's up, Phil? Oh, not a whole lot at the moment. <laughs> Just working, uh, ready to go racing. Working yeah. and ready to go racing? Yeah. How's that going? You ready to start 2021? I'm ready. You ready? Yeah. 
we had a few mechanical things to tidy up yet, and then we're ready to roll. Good. Anything new coming from your side of things that we can expect, or kind of the same program as last year? Um, same. I'd say same program as last year, just improving some stuff. Yeah. You know, our, our new bike, we're we're still working on that. Um, the KTM. Yeah. Uh-huh. The we, we're still doing some R and D stuff with that. So um, the other ones are all pretty good. Making some motor changes on a couple a couple things, and you know, tune some stuff up, make it a little faster. Of course, but, of course. But yeah, do a little fine tuning on some suspension stuff, and then uh, you know, we didn't we didn't race much last year, so everything was pretty fresh with that. So we didn't um, we didn't have a whole lot of work to do over the winter this year. While That's we're good. on that topic here. I've heard a lot of talk about your motors specifically. Is it true that you've hand machined a lot of the parts on those? Yeah, believe it or not, it, like if you stuff? if like with my motors, if you get a stock set of Triumph cases, it's forty hours of machine work before I can use them. And really? I do I do that. Um, oh. years years back with with model, you know having blow ups and everything else because we're we're kind of pushing them pretty hard. Right. Um, my my brother always figured when we blow one up, it takes a hundred hours to fix it. Holy so till you do the uh, the machine work and then make all the stuff that you damage and yeah, right, it's it's a, it's a lot of work. Sure. But yeah, we yeah, everything's done here. Cool. Like I, the only thing I don't do here is bore my own cylinders. I have a local machine shop do that for me. Okay. But is yeah, it harder to find parts for those bikes nowadays? Um, so far so good. Um, we always kind of joke that. We're making everybody else's more valuable because we keep ruining all the spares that are around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that makes sense. <laughs> but I mean, they're, they only, they, total weight of them ready to race is three hundred pounds. Yeah, that's not bad. No, and they make about bike. no, and they make just about three hundred horsepower. For sure. Yeah, those yeah. things, those things get up and go. Yeah, they're quick. Yeah, yeah, they're quick. They're fun to ride too. That's that's the cool part about them. And we build them from scratch, frames and all. Yeah, like they sound a- just badass too. Yeah, yeah they do. Uh, well, we'll get we'll get more into like the bikes and stuff and everything you do on the bikes. So, so a lot of the people that that watch you and and follow you for the last uh, what's been twenty two years now, yeah, uh, probably have no idea how you even got to be a hill climber. You weren't a hill climber. Prior to 1997, you maybe watched one or two races. So, film in like how you got on the seat of those triumphs. Um, well, to be honest, I had never even actually watched the hill climb until actually your dad conned me into going one time and I uh, watched all day. I was actually a pro flat tracker. And I don't know, I don't want to say I was getting bored with the sport, but you know, we raced the same tracks, we did a lot of the same stuff. And the only way to really be competitive in that sport is you had to buy a Harley. Like Harley had complete control of the, the sport and that was the only thing to race. And it was kind of like, it was a lot of money, a lot of travel and all that. And it was like, I kind of was looking for something different to do. And then you know, Ralph Krieger, Brandon's dad, um, was, was, you know, he had been after me for probably a year or so to come watch a hill climb. So what, I guess we went to what Freemansburg. I went with my girlfriend and we watched all yeah. day and then, uh, at the end of the races, he came and got me and said, back in those days, you, you know, you could sign up and do an exhibition since I had a flat track license. So I, I never even sat on the bike or anything. And then he walked me through a couple of things, fired it up, put me on it and sent me up the hill. And I would have got second for the day. <laughs> so it, it was like, 
But after, after I rode one of those, I'm like, wow, these things are impressive. I never rode anything like that. And then, uh, yeah. and then what later, later on in the year, I guess he, Ralph had gotten, he had crashed a few times, got a bunch of concussions. And he said that he was blacking out just riding. And, uh, I guess you get shock sensitive after a while is what they call it. And then uh, he decided that he was retiring and asked me if I wanted to, you know, take the reins and, and start riding. So I, I did. Yeah. That's that kind of, Pokes, Pokes Hole, right? Yeah. Pokes Hole was my very first race and that was the very first year they had the event. So it, that was, that was different to do that the first time. Well, no kidding. Yeah. But it took us, I rode the last, I guess the last five races in 97. So 98 was my first full year. And then the fourth race out, we got our first win. So that was, you know, Ralph raced for 18 years and, you know, he was right on the fence of winning a lot of times, but he just, just never, never uh, was able to do it. So, so when I did it on his bike, that was a huge shock to all of us. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, that was, that was quite a, quite a thrill ride that I, you know, you, your first one's always a special one, you know. Yeah, that no, kind of got me hooked, and I've been doing it ever since. <laughs> You've done it ever since, and then from '98 till they got rid of the extreme class last year, you were never out of the top three in that class. Yeah, and we won the title twice. <clears throat> yeah, the first title. Jeez. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've been at it quite a while. I was a dirt tracker for like what fourteen years, and I was doing this, and what I guess twenty-two years now. Yeah, such a long time. Yeah, and even back in the early what was it ninety-nine, two thousand, you did both series, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. There was a couple of years there I rode both. Like so, like the busiest summer we had was seventeen hill climbs, and we had twenty-six dirt track nationals. My whole summer was a blur because every weekend I was somewhere. And then we'd travel all night to go to the Hillclimbs. A couple of times I had to take a plane to go from one to the other, and then they picked me up at the airport. Holy cow. So it was kind of like I had to make, you know, eventually I had to make a choice what sport I was going to stay with. And and, uh, I decided to stay with the Hillclimb stuff. And you kind of think I found my niche there because I'm pretty pretty happy being there. Yeah. Yeah, you are. Definitely, yeah. Those sports have a lot of good people and all that, so that kind of made it a tough choice, you know. But yeah, the, like to ride a nitro bike, it's an adrenaline rush that's out of this world. And it was just like one of them things. I'm like, yeah, there's, I'm going to this. And I didn't, I didn't ride the dirt track stuff for what another thirteen years. So I'm back yeah. on it. I'm back on it part time now. But. Cool. Yeah, so. Explain to the people what it's like to to drop the clutch on on a bike that accelerates so fast, like. Just the triumphs are so much quicker out of the hole than four cylinders, and you've ridden both, so you can yeah. testify to that that difference in the takeoff. Yeah, the, the triumphs are definitely quicker taking off. Well, and that's something that we kind of grew into. They weren't this crazy to start with, but so I guess I kind of learned the process, you know, as time went on. So I mean, to me, it's it's normal to do it the way I do it. But if you put one of the other guys on my bike, it'll leave without them. <laughs> it, it's hard to explain, but I, I, Brandon was a witness to that too, because that, that that actually happened to one of the riders. White <laughs> yeah. He rode a, a friend of ours, uh, you know, British twin who's a BSA, and it about left, about ripped his feet off the pegs and left without him. He was all straight armed and stuff. And really, there's no, nothing you can even tell another rider to to uh, for that. Was that Jamie Schweitzer? No, it was actually uh, 
uh, Anthony Dehart. Oh, he wrote, okay. he wrote I, Rodney. I, he wrote Rodney Smith's BSA. I thought I seen a video clip of that happening to Jamie too at White Rose once. Um, one of the Mav TV episodes. That yeah, might have been my, that, that was a was, mild bike. Yeah, that oh, was okay. one year old triple. Okay. Yeah, the twins are even quicker. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I mean, for me, there's a whole there's a whole like procedure I do to get once you're up and moving, it's not so bad to hang on, but taking off, it will get ahead of you if you're not careful. If it's Absolutely. if it stretches you out, your instincts are to hang on, which when you do that, you turn the throttle wide open, which makes it worse. Yeah, they come out of the hole so hot, it's insane. Yeah, it's. it's I would it's, probably get it ripped off me for sure. If if you can if you can keep you know, stay keep yourself front, you're fine. Mm-hmm. I squeeze with my knees and you know, put lock my knee, uh, feet on the pegs that I'm holding myself forward, and then I hold on with everything I got on the handlebars. Yeah, the first sixty feet, as long as you make it through that, you're you're pretty good. Sure. Yeah, that that's another thing. You're you, when you uh, take off is a little different. Everybody else has their foot on the ground or flat on the block, and you're tippy toed with both feet on the pegs, mm-hmm. balancing yourself on your toes on the block. Yeah, the way they leave it, there's, I don't think there's any way you'd ever get a chance to get your foot up. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so I try and keep so, myself straight. And... So you're probably winning the race in the first sixty feet, where a four cylinder is winning the race in the last sixty feet. That's probably pretty fair. Yeah. Work, work, work quicker or they're faster. That's probably a good way to yeah. put it. Mm-hmm. Not know, that you're not fast the rest of the way. I'm just saying for how quick you come out of the hole, it, it, it makes sense. Yeah. And yeah. not to it, mention, somehow you pull a fast time while doing a 12 o'clock wheelie sometimes, which has always <laughs> amazed me, too. <laughs> you are really good at holding your composure at 12 o'clock. <laughs> I don't, it's hard to explain, but I'm actually comfortable like that. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean... Every motorcycle has a limit in how high you can go, and I know where ours is, yeah. and there's a spot that mine likes to be, and yeah. I'm okay with it. And it's even more impressive on an extended bike, too, because that just makes you that much higher off the ground, too. It'd just be a weird feeling. But the crowd absolutely loves it when you do that. <laughs> Believe it or not, it's actually a cool feeling to, to ride them like that. Yeah. I and, would, and they I go that imagine. fast. I would shit my pants if that happened to me, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you set a hill record at Muskegon. The one 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 never touch the ground. Yeah, that That's was on awesome. your dad's bike. Yeah. What was that? That was four seconds. Yeah, in the fours. Four. Yeah, it was in the fours, and we were using the whole hill back then. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. incredible. And uh, another one was Bridgeton. Oh. Yeah, they had yeah. a little three little three second hill there. I went two something, and then the front wheel never touched on that one either. <laughs> yeah, there's. So a- what's it like to go? Uh, 180 feet in two seconds. Like, there's a lot of hills that we used to do that on little short hills that were three seconds and less. A lot happens in that three seconds. You don't you don't <laughs> yeah. want to go the wrong direction or you know get off course because things go bad really bad, really quick. Yeah, I can testify to that. Yeah, you've been there a few times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you you can too. There's a probably the most popular plan video floating around the uh, internet is and you I and Doctor Bob's R1. Yeah, that was a brand new oh. bike too. I was the first one to ride it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it wasn't there when you got done with it. I broke it in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it broke you in. Yeah, <laughs> it broke me for about like a week or so. <laughs> yeah, I woke up I in bet. an MRI tube at the hospital. I didn't really know what happened. You had to have been seeing stars, <laughs> cartoon stars. I know I was really sore. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. That was a brutal crash. Yeah, I was. I knocked me out. 
I got up and walked off it. I don't remember none of it. Yeah. Yeah, no, you ragdolled probably 20 feet before you came to a stop there, and it didn't look good. Yeah. But yeah, trust me, I wasn't feeling too good after that either. Yeah, <laughs> I can imagine. That hill's claimed some people, huh? Yeah. I always liked that yeah. hill, though. That was, that was a fun place to ride. It was a skill yeah, tester. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You're probably one of the only people that say they like that hill. I know. <laughs> what I got second there, what, 10 times in a row, and I finally went it, and I got a concussion and went to the hospital. I don't even remember. <laughs> I can ride in Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it ironic how <laughs> that, that works? pretty bad. It was that ride? No, that was a non-limited class when I put okay. Bob's bike. Okay, okay. Yeah, but he won, he won the uh, small class on the five, okay. on his triumph gotcha. and then gets knocked out and forgets that he won the race. <laughs> <laughs> they came to the hospital with a stack of cash and a trophy, and they're like, you won. I'm like, at what? I had no idea. <laughs> uh, incredible. Yeah. <clears throat> I was kind of surprised we stopped riding there. but Yeah, Jumped I don't right. know. It'd be kind of the quickness of the bikes now. I think that would be even sketchier now. Yeah, it probably would be because we are a lot faster now than we were back then. Yeah. Sure. yeah that hill was fun if you got it right. If you got it wrong, boy, it would beat the crap out of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's videos that show proof of that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of guys, the top was the top was the bad spot on that hill. Yeah. You always seem to have that good where you shut down and right spot and get a good time and not over launch that top too much yeah i did air it out real bad a couple of times and decided after that i wasn't doing that again so i was trying to be conscious of where, where to shut off up there now you, you do that a lot of the tops of hills you get a lot of air yeah there's a lot of hills there's a i have a picture from you up at west branch and you're probably 50 feet in the air over the top of the hill there yeah that wasn't a nice landing either <laughs> no I bent the crossbar on the handlebars of my face. Yeah, I was just going to say, was your suspension dialed in for that kind of impact? It was, but I don't, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't. It's one of them things, I guess. I was a lot higher than I thought, so when I actually did come <laughs> down, it was it was pretty. I think we bent the, the rear axle and all that stuff on that too. Oh boy! Yeah, yeah, it was up there pretty high. Yeah, no kidding. So, do you own those Triumphs? Are those yeah. yours? Yep. Uh, when did that happen? When did you decide to go serious enough to go in on your own equipment? Um, I guess from 03 to 04 is when we built the first one. Yeah. So I was riding for Ralph on, on the, I guess it would have been the 540 class back then. And then later on, they changed it to the extreme class. Yeah. But uh, up until the winter of 03 to 04, I rode for Southside Harley. Um, Russ Vanderveen, I rode on one of his Harleys. I rode Rodney Smith's BSA. Um, there's a couple other ones in between there. I rode one of a couple of Jeff Thomas's bikes. Like I rode a lot of different stuff. And I'm like, I really liked like uh, Ralph's bike. So I said, well, can't we build one like this with a bigger motor in it? So that's that's actually what we did to build mine. Okay. And then uh, didn't take us too long to get to get mine. You know. You know, in the winter circle, I think it was like the four threes. Sure. We're, we're on the top of the box already. Cool. Um, but after I rode that for a while, then with some rule changes and everything else, then we built the second one. That was 2008. Okay. And that was the first year I won the title was on a brand new bike. Awesome. Yeah. That's got to be pretty rewarding too. Yeah. Even my brother said it back then that we were building it. He's like, this one's going to be better than the other one. I don't know why he thought that, but 
I think he was right. He was right. Yeah, yeah that, this one actually was a little faster and it controlled a little better. And we did a few things a little different, but I mean, as they are now, they're both really good and they're pretty even. Sure. That's that's always been a game between them because they're not that much different. But one mm-hmm. always seems to be out, you know, outrun the other one and trying to keep them at least as close as I can to each other. Yeah. So do you plan to keep the smaller one as a backup bike or are you going to put somebody on it? I'll probably keep it as a backup. Yeah. Um, actually, believe it or not, my small one's a little faster than my big one anyway. So Yeah. Um, so that's probably the one eventually I'll probably start riding, you know, full, you know, in the yeah. unlimited class. Okay. The premier class. Makes sense. Well, that's, that and, uh, I still got to put the engine back in. That had a pretty nasty blow up the last time we ran it. So, yeah. But it, most of it's fixed. I just got a couple odds and ends to do and then I can put it back in. Okay. <clears throat> okay last, you had, go ahead, Phil. I was going to say, last Good. couple of winters, I've been kind of jammed up. I had back surgery, and then last year I had a hip replacement. So, the, oh, believe geez. it or not, the COVID thing actually did help me last year because when it came time that we would have started racing, I wasn't ready to ride yet. Yeah. I didn't even get on a bike till August the first time. So that's, wow. Yeah. It's, it gave um, you time to recover and heal up. Yeah. So, I mean, I was feeling good when we went to White Rose, and I, I was kind of, for all the work I went through to get to White Rose, getting out of there with the wind, you know, no, that that was huge for me because it was so much work to get me back that you know I could ride again. You know what I mean? Anybody that has so, that done, it's 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 quite a quite a task. So, were you fixing hill climb injuries or just normal wear and tear? Well, I'm 48 years old. I'm fixing some normal wear and tear and arthritis damage. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. <laughs> I mean, it's. I'm sure the the back slams over the years didn't help either. No, that's probably true. i have a very physical job too so yeah um that keeps me in shape but you know the downside of it is it is hard on your body absolutely but yeah so between the two of them they you know i was bone on bone for probably two years it was it was was getting to the point that when we'd race um it would be two weeks till i till i was strong enough to race again so the weeks we raced week to week to week it, it was like it wasn't good for me yeah um but it was like, well, it's time to get this fixed, so I've got it taken care of. So now you're good to go for 2021. Yeah. They said I'm good for 30, 30 more years with that. <laughs> oh, well, that, that should good. be good. That should be good. Yeah. So, so that means you got 30 more years of hill climbing in you? Yeah, I don't know about all that. <laughs> 30, 30 more years of hill climbing, I'll be 78. You could <laughs> win a championship think... at 60 like Earl. Yeah. I'll tell you what, that'd be yeah. an accomplishment, wouldn't it? <laughs> I think if you go into your 60s in this day and age, it's an accomplishment on the hill climb bike. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, even now, I'm one of of the old guys that's still fast. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's an accomplishment itself that you've been that fast for so long and you're still there. And all the young guys hate when you line up. I like making people nervous. That's (laughs) kind of Yeah, I mean, (laughs) yeah, you got. Probably 28 years on your closest competitor than somewhere in there. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of yeah. them are young yet. I don't know any of the other guys that are even pushing 30 that are on the box anyways. Yeah. Besides Jay, but he's a part-timer now, so. Yeah. But he he was one of the exceptions that when you know he joined our sport, he was fast from the word go, too, you know. Yeah. 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 
some guy, most guys, you know, start in the smaller stuff and work their way up. You know, they get they get fast over time. But yeah. you know, Jay was Jay was fast right away. That's the thing too about Jay is uh, he came from a hill climb background. We we grew up hill climbing, so he didn't just like hop on a nitro bike and was just like completely, you know, new for him. Obviously, nitro is new for him, but being on a hill climb bike wasn't anything new. Mm-hmm. He did ride an open bike and everything in our local series before that, so he knew how to handle a big bike. Mm-hmm. beforehand so it makes sense that he was fast out of the word go but it's still still impressive now with the like you've been around hill climb so long and seen it change i don't know how much we've changed in the 22 years that you've been doing this and way more in the time that i've been involved with with my dad and and then with you together, where do you think the uh, sport's going? Do you think we're heading in the right direction with everything that's happening? Um, I mean, to be honest, I don't seem before all the changes, I don't think it was really, it was pretty much staying the same. So, you know, switching classes around and all that. I mean, I'm, I'd be honest, my personal opinion, I like the fuel stuff better than the gas stuff. But if the gas stuff opens new doors for us and all that, which it seems to be doing, I think it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it it allows more for some new equipment, some new faces, you know, which means the sport's growing. You know, if the class gets yeah. bigger than what the class it replaced was, I'd say we're definitely on the right road. But I, I, I think it is kind of headed the right direction. I mean, the way I look at it, something had to change. And, you know, you got to try stuff to see what works. So, Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Because it was the same for such a long time. I mean, yeah, I know. Back when we started, everybody was, you know, Triumphs and BSAs and single cylinder Hondas and Harleys yeah. in the big class until Watson came along with this four cylinder. Yeah. Yeah, and that <clears> kind of, <throat> see, that kind of started to change the sport with what them guys did with the four yeah. cylinders. You know, and then Shriners got one going, and, you know, slowly they started, you know, changing the field over to those, which makes it faster. Yep. The next year, you're probably the only guy still in the circuit that's competitive day that rode with, with Dave. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You know, I think Dave that's... was retired till most of the guys that are running now came onto the circuit. Yeah, that's true. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. You probably, I know, uh, he, he was, he was a tough competitor. Yeah. But to well, be honest, he's between him and like Tiger and, you know, the guys that were fast every week. That's probably why I'm that way. Cause I raced against them guys every week. Yeah, when you, you, you race against tough competition all the time, um, you know it makes you step up. You know they get yeah. out any fast at one place or you know whatever. You know when you race with consistent people, you have to be at least as consistent to to be competitive. No, no, I think you were. You uh, definitely worried all them guys back then. Yeah, and uh, you know I think you definitely worried the <laughs> the guys now. I know a lot of guys we've had on the show said. You know, they bite their nails when you roll into the line because they know their fast time could be uh, gone at any minute. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't sweat it a whole lot. Like, you know, like I don't get nervous about other people riding. I'm like, well, if they beat me, I'll just go back and you know, see if I can go faster the next time. I don't sweat it a whole lot. You know? that's, that's one thing being with you and riding with you for the last 22 years and stuff that you don't, that you don't get worked up at the races about anything. Yeah. I can remember, um, don't when I when I won both classes in Ohio, 
you know, you have to, you know, I was in the lead in both of them. Dumpy mm-hmm. came over and held onto my hands to like see what my pulse was. And he's like, you're the calmest person I know. I'm like, well, if they beat me, I'll have to go re-ride. You know, I, wouldn't, I, don't, I don't sweat it a whole lot. He's like, I, he said, I can't do it. I can never do that. I always thought that was funny. You, you just you can't get rattled about stuff like that. You get rattled yeah, and beating yourself. You know, that was the one thing your dad taught me, you know. Don't beat yourself. That's yeah. easy to do it, you know. That's, yeah, that's one thing point. you talked to. You know, you didn't get a whole lot of advice from dad when you started riding either. I'm sure you got the same same spiel I got as long as the uh, front wheel's going uphill and they keep it pinned. Well, he also said, unless you can see the back wheel out of the corner of your eye, then you're in trouble. That was one of the things he always told me. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, what did he tell me the first time I rode it? It's uh, it's just like riding a motocross bike, yeah, but it's longer. Said, yeah, he said it's longer <laughs> and it reacts slower. He's like, pretty much other than that, have fun. That's, that was pretty much it. Uh, and you also found out that you don't want to get lost at Freemansburg on that first ride. On the way back down, yeah, especially in the middle of like July or something when it's a hundred degrees. <laughs> yeah. I came all, I came out all the way over at the far right at the fence row. Yeah. I had to push push the bike the whole way back to the fence. So it's probably what I don't know, a quarter mile or so. Yeah, quarter mile. You're wearing full flat track leathers. Yeah, I was drowning in my own sweat till I got back. <laughs> Man, it was hot. Yeah, that actually happened to me walking down from filming once. I totally got lost and ended up way on that far side over there somehow. I don't know what the hell. And that was a long walk back. Just like, where the hell am I? I <laughs> Probably didn't even think you're on the same property anymore. <laughs> yeah, I did not know. It was kind of scary for a minute. But I did found that... my way back just in time for round two. I missed all break trying to find my way back. <laughs> <laughs> trying to hurry back down to catch a couple of interviews, you know, and then missed everything. Had to had to pretty much run right back up there. Oh man! <laughs> but yeah, I know that that network of return trails at Freemansburg is confusing. Yeah, you get used to them after you go up and down a time or two. But sure, he just yeah. said that. Hey, Ralph said, "Don't follow the road and, and don't turn to the right." That's why I went all the way over there because there's yeah. some there's back then there was a couple of like corners that are ninety degrees or or less, and you can't make the swing on a nitro bike. That's why he told me oh, that. Yeah. So I stayed on that nice road, and I ended up all the way at the other end. <laughs> yeah, and the nice road's a nice way down. It's a nice, easy descent back down the mountain, but that definitely puts you uh, way out of the way. Yeah. Yeah, these things happen. We're all young <laughs> ones, you know? <laughs> yeah. Now, all the years you've been riding in all the different uh, places we've ridden, what what will be your favorite and least favorite events that we've ever done? Well, I don't know. That's a tough one. There's a couple that I really like. And obviously, <laughs> obviously I always do good at White Rose. Yeah. And I, li- I like that one. But like one of the ones I always really, really like was Muskegon. Muskegon? Yeah. Yeah, that one's always fun. I always like yeah. being up there. Yeah. And the other one's kind of a double-edged sword for me is uh, Dayton. Dayton? Yeah, I always yeah. really liked Dayton, but you know, got some history there. You know, I was losing my brother there and all, but I like the hill, but yeah, got some bad history there. Right. I mean, it's, but yeah, I always, always liked that one too. 
Next year, you you doubled at Dayton what three years in a row, didn't you? Twice, two years in a row. Two years in a row. Yeah, I got second. I think the third year, uh, John won it. Chester. I know when we were talking to Harold, he said he got you got him at uh, Dayton one time. I think when he was there once. Harold. Harold Waddell. Waddell. Yeah. Oh, Waddell. Yeah, he's like, God damn, Phil. Came yeah. back second round and got me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Freemansburg, he got second to me, too. He yeah, he said about Freemansburg, too. And he came yeah. back and, and meet him when he's riding uh, Dave's bikes. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I haven't seen him guys in a number of years, like Harold and Gary and... Yeah, trying to get that change. We're trying to get a. We keep pushing on the show to join the join the series and make a true national series. So we harp uh, on that about yeah. every week here. Oh, okay. Trying to trying, trying to make to get, something happen out of that. Yeah, get everybody involved. Yeah, that'd be really cool. Yeah, they're, that's a good group of guys on the West Coast stuff too. They kind of yeah. yeah, they're racing a little. A little more technical, I think, than ours is. But they don't go quite as fast. Exactly. But, but it's still it's very challenging. Yeah, it's something you went out to Sturgis uh, one year after Muskegon, and uh, you struggled pretty good getting the bikes to slow down to make the turns and the ledges, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. We figured out we we're too stiff, too long, and can't gear them short enough to to ride out there. So if we're, if we're going to do any, we decided back then if we're going to do any amount of that, we're going to build something to fit their, their type of racing. Yeah, that's exactly what Jay said too. And what his problems were when we went out there with him, Mm -hmm. same issue. Yeah. Yeah. You can't, you can't like, uh, we can't run in their environment with our stuff. It just doesn't work. Plus the, the managing of the, the quick nitro power too Mm -hmm. is, is a lot tougher out there as well. It's hard. It's hard to ease up on one of them and, and, and still be efficient with it, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. It's tough. Well, I think Rob always said it's kind of like uh, trying to do a road course on a, a top fuel dragster, who kind of is more or less what. <laughs> that's the way Rob used to. Rob always put it. Yeah, that's, that's exactly. Pretty how it good. Is. Yeah. Pretty good analogy. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's it's a different way of doing the same thing. Yeah. So Phil, I got something I want to ask you, and. In no shape, way, or form is this speaking bad or anything. I just was wondering if the street bike helmet is a comfort thing. Does it carry over from flat track, or what's your advantage running that? It's. Uh, I guess it is a street bike helmet, just a full face, but yeah. I kind of carried it over from flat track because it, it's just yeah. what I like. It's just like a comfortable thing. You just. Mm-hmm. You just like the way it works. Yeah, I never I mean, really cared for the motocross helmets too much. Sure, and I always, yeah, figured, always figured. Look at look at the world superbike guys who are wearing the same thing I am. You know, look yeah. at the crashes they take and they get up and walk away. So I always kind of right. figured they were safer. You know, it does make sense from a a crash standpoint. If you're rolling, there's nothing to grab your head and tweak it one way or the other, which is a plus. You know, no visor to get caught on anything. So. I could see that. I just didn't know if it was a comfort thing or an advantage for you or That's, what your I don't, thoughts were on that. I don't know. Kind of for me, it's it's both. I mean, it's a comfort thing, and, and I don't know if it's an advantage for me, but. Um, 
Because I would imagine the sun gets in your eyes at some places. Yeah, I found out years ago, it depends what shield you wear. I mean, there's some races we race right in the sun. If I have the right shield on, it doesn't even affect me. Okay. Like having a visor sometimes would be nice, but, you know, if if you have the the proper face shield, it's it's no problem. Gotcha. And I think it's also become a part of your uh, pre-launch ritual there with the shield when you well, the the one drawback all the way. <laughs> the one drawback to it's if you have it up part way, like the nitro goes up under it, and then you're like, you know, it's like cutting onions. You can't breathe. Yeah. Your eyes are watering. I suppose too, if you had a visor helmet on with the G forces you're pulling off the line, it'd probably just break your neck. <laughs> <laughs> the wind would catch the visor. I've I've ridden a visor helmet on a Harley before on the street before I knew any better, and I went to lift my head up once and almost <laughs> ripped my head off, you know, doing 60 <laughs> down the highway so I could see it. Yeah. Well, I would have never thought of trying that on a road bike. Yeah. yeah it's, not, it's not good. Don't do it. Yeah. I'll take I, your word. I, I did it when I first bought my Buell. That's all I had was my motocross helmet. Oh, did you ever have that problem? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you get the, the way down the highway. Yeah. Yeah. You're looking at the sky. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it catches you real quick. It's scary. When you get to about 100, it starts picking the helmet off your head. Yeah, yep. it's scary. So, yeah, yeah no actually, advantage to that. Actually, the only re- the only thing I normally do on a motorcycle where I actually wear a motocross helmet is when we ride in the ice. Okay. Because, like, you have to have, like, some kind of goggle lenses. Like, I have snowmobile goggles, so you can decipher the difference in the, the snow because everything's white. Like, mm-hmm. when they plow a track in the snow, every, obviously everything's white. And if, if with a standard full face, I can't determine what's the snow what's the track you know yeah. I mean? but, so that was that was one thing i i uh, learned over the years is wear a motocross helmet for that that helps a lot mm-hmm. yeah i'm a snowboarder so i know all about the different lenses for sun conditions and stuff because there's times where you can't tell the sky from the ground you know mm-hmm. when the sky is white it's impossible to see what you're doing so i could see that on ice for sure yeah and ice riding is fun as hell, by the way. I've done Oh, it. yeah, absolutely. It's, it's amazing. Once you get used to the feeling of being on ice, and it's actually, you know, if you got your tires studded right, you get almost more traction than you would on dirt, I feel like. Oh, yeah. Well, it depends on the tires you have. I have, right. I have a couple of different styles, but some of them are, like, way better than riding on asphalt. Exactly, like, yeah. In, the thing you have to watch is when you come in to get off the bike that you, you kind of forget that you're on ice. Yeah, when you step off, you got to watch it, you know, fall on your back. Yeah, no, it's fun as hell, man. I love it. Oh yeah, especially if it's cold and nasty. Yeah, there ain't nothing more fun than doing that. Yeah. <laughs> you ever seen the the old Fox video of Donnie Schmidt with a supercross track on ice? I don't know that I ever saw that. Yeah, it's back in the early '90s. It was really cool. It was in a Fox video. I forget the name of the video, but he's a local hero from Minnesota motocross. Okay. But yeah, he had a cool segment where he'd had a supercross track built on a lake and it was just badass. That would be pretty cool. All made out of snow. Yeah, that's cool. That'd be kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. So many restrictions nowadays, though. I don't know if you could pull it off anywhere unless you had a private pond or something. Yeah, you'd probably have to have a private one to be able to do that now. Yeah. Gives me some ideas for down here whenever it gets cold. Yeah. If it ever gets cold enough for that down here. About every four years. <laughs> so we didn't have, you had to go to New York the last couple of years for ice, so. 
Yeah, well, or I went up to Canada a couple of times. Or went up, or went up with Paul Cops in Michigan. I was up with him a couple of times. Yeah, yeah, they're still out riding on the ice up there. They still got ice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they'll see Paul's post. Yeah, they'll they'll soon be done. They're getting about to the end of the season of that, but some of the big road courses and stuff they put up are a lot of fun. Yeah. What well, did you ever do any of the uh, non-studded ice tires? No, I've never done the non-studded. Like I just I don't understand how that how they handle. I just, can't uh, see. Yeah. I can't see that they'd be too too well, but I don't know. They like they're sand doing the tire down or something and. Put like a sand grit on the tire. Hmm. It's something different. they do to treat the tires, but they're non-studded tires. I've, I've heard of it. I've never seen it. No, that sounds weird. I know even you like, trust. Yeah, be pretty inconsistent. I think. Yeah, you'd think so. Yeah, I, I know the indoor series. They limit how many screws you're allowed to run your tires and what style they are. Yeah, the stuff we do, we can do you know pretty much anything. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Yeah, you're, no. your tires are anything that limit you. <laughs> no, we'll get into some of the uh, fun stuff that has happened over the years. And we had Tiger on, had Tiger on last uh, last season, and he brought in some of the uh, the prank war. Oh yeah, you can fill us in a little bit more on the uh, Tiger strength fill of our prank war. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what exactly did he tell you? <laughs> <laughs> the fish what? story. That's the story that we got. Oh, yeah, only the fish story? He told uh, the he fish did. story. Yeah, he put I a think dead... that's the only one he told. <laughs> yeah, he put a dead fish under my driver's seat in my excursion. Uh, what, what movie is that from? Uh, Grumpy Old Men. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> classic did he tell you though i put it back in against the ac condenser in his truck yeah so, he did about that and he he was he's still cursing about that one it just took him a couple <laughs> days to find it oh boy we had his truck That's locked nasty. up like fort knox <laughs> oh he i don't i don't even know who actually started all that stuff i don't know if it was him doing it to us or us doing it to him i don't know it started out as just a little oh actually it started between ryan tebow and tiger because what Ryan's camp was what rat racing. Because remember, Doctor yeah. Bob had a big rat trap with a with a rubber mouse in it hanging in his tin. Yeah, yeah. It, it actually started with them guys, and then somehow we ended up getting in the middle of that. <laughs> but we were always like putting zip ties on his drive shaft, and um, we put a different lock on his trailer one time. We wrote we wrote all kinds of stuff all over it in the dirt on it one time, like how he likes you know rainbows and stuff like that and <laughs> crazy stuff um <laughs> what did we do and we put a shopping cart in the back of his pickup at walmart and <laughs> <laughs> he was if we just strapped it fast he would have drove off with it when he drove off it <laughs> went out the back <laughs> he never realized it was there no he never realized it but he said he heard the horrendous crash when it went out the back <laughs> but uh he had no idea what it was it sounds like you owe Molly a payback as well. Uh, yeah. Oh, no, yeah. Molly was uh, yeah, I do owe Molly about one. icing you in Vegas. So oh when are you going to pay her back for that? I don't know, but I'm sure Jerry will help me. <laughs> <laughs> I got to let her forget about that for a while. She's probably still <laughs> laughing about it, though. <laughs> she she brought that up on our, on our episode with her. 
Yeah, when you're in a nice hot shower and somebody dumps ice water on you, that that's that'll open your eyes in a hurry. Yeah, that'll piss you off real quick. Yeah, I, I think she knows that it's coming. Oh yeah, well, I think she expects <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah, I think she's worried about it too. Nah. Yeah. Eh. I know. Uh, I don't know. Good, good practical jokes keep things keeps things fun. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Can't take nothing too serious or any fun anymore, you know. Exactly. We've had a lot of fun, fun at the races through the years. Yeah. Well, your dad when he did that thong thing to to Tiger was priceless. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Colby's ever heard that story. Tiger, I think he briefly mentioned it. Well, actually, you know what? I know how all that got started. When we would get to the races, like we usually got there the night before, and then we'd go get dinner. When we'd come back, he'd take he'd take our trailer and turn it around. So then we'd have a hard time getting it out of where it is because now people have parked beside it and everything else. And the hitch is facing the wrong way. That, that's, that's how we got into this practical joke thing. Oh, that would, that would piss we, the guy off. I actually think we didn't, we moved his trailer one time from where he had it parked too. Like we hooked I to it. And moved. I think it was in New York. Out. Yeah. Yeah. I think a pokes hole one year we, trailer like to the whole opposite end of the motel or the next motel over or something <laughs> i know we i know one time we took his trailer hitch and, and put it behind his cooler which was sitting against the side of his trailer and he at the end of the races he, he came in my trailer and he's looking around i'm like what are you looking for he's like i know you have it I'm like i don't i didn't i, I actually it wasn't the one that did it so i didn't even know nothing about it and he's like i know it's in here somewhere i'm like what are you looking for he was all through my trailer, all that. And he's like, well, maybe McCutcheon has it. So then he goes over and does the same thing to them. Well, he, Dave didn't know nothing about it either. And then I guess when he finally went to load his cooler in the back of his pickup, he realized it was sitting right behind it. But we did zip tie the wires that he couldn't plug them in for the lights and all that stuff. So he was over there going, he went to uh, plug the lights and he's like, jerks. Of course, we were laughing on that one. He wrote something on the back of our van when we went to Alabama too. Said some, I forget what it said. It said honks, honk if you like men or, or honk because I like men or something, something like that. I don't remember exactly what it was. We happened to stop at a rest area to use the bathroom, and I saw it, so I just wiped it off. <laughs> oh, that's the worst. Oh, he was always trying to trying to get one over on us. We usually were able to stay one step ahead of him, though. I like when I put the other lock on his trailer because he went to unlock it, and he's like, "Well, this isn't my trailer." <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, we had a lot of fun with Tiger. Practical yeah, joke a lot of fun with Tiger. Yeah, the thing is, we're pretty good friends, and you know, we raced pretty serious, and we had a good time otherwise. So, yeah, yeah, Tiger's still—he's uh, not a racer. He's still a giant Phil Lippard fan. So, yeah, we had Hard him. Night. He said, "When's when's Phil's episode coming up?" <laughs> We had a lot of people that, that requested uh, requested Mr. Consistency, so. Okay. Yeah, know. most of the guys we've had on have had a Phil story about getting beat out by Phil. Well, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, so. Well, Jay said he put back brakes on because he could never figure out how you lock the front wheel up at White Rose. Oh, yeah, I was going to ask you about that. <laughs> <laughs> How did that come? How did you find out you could pull that off and 
I did uh, it by accident. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he said you used to, you you just slam on the front brakes and pretty much take the lip with you to the next side of the hill. <laughs> but um, back when Paul Cops was like when he was riding for Herman, was uh, I think the very the very first time I remember doing that, and that was at White Rose. But mm-hmm. um. My bikes leave so quick, you get to the top of that really fast. And I, I knew right. I was going too fast to stay on the ground. I guess it was a reflex thing. And then I ended up winning, you know, setting fast time and, and winning off of that ride. And Paul's like, I don't even have the guts to try that. <laughs> and I'm like, he's like, hey, where'd you learn to do that? And I'm like, do what? And he's like, you skidded the front tire just before you went over. And I'm like, I, I did? Like, I didn't even know. It was just kind of a <laughs> reflex thing. That was kind of something yeah. I... Uh, work out a little bit here and there. That's a good practice yeah. thing. Yeah. But it's just, just slows you up enough to make you stay on the ground. Yeah. It was it, it was by accident the very first time I did it. Well, see, so if Paul would never pointed that out, you'd have never kept doing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I guess I really didn't realize I was doing it at first. Wow. Yeah, kind cool. of, some ways it kind of would be nice to put rear brakes on them, but I've been riding them all these years without them. So. Yeah. And I figure I'll probably leave well enough alone on that. Yeah, might as well. If it's working, don't don't fix it. Yeah. Well, you do a good job keeping the front end at a, a steady two foot without a rear brake. So. Oh yeah, that's. Yeah. I suppose with the the Triumphs have a good kind of an engine brake in them. I suppose if you let off a little bit, it'll bring the front end down pretty yeah. easily. I suppose. Usually. Because you never, I mean, you very rarely flip over backwards, so. I kind of like to keep it that way. <laughs> I've, yeah. been over, I've been over backwards a couple times. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I've been over frontwards, too. I think I'll take the going over backwards over but that. There's definitely a few rides where I thought for sure you were going to end up on your back, but it ends up being the fastest time of the day or something. I'm just like, well, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're actually the fun ones, believe it or not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's you, you mentioned you like it that way. So if, if it works, keep doing it. I mean, it's fun to see. Yeah. Make well, it we, interesting. Yeah, we know with tuning them and stuff, if they're they're not carrying the front or whatever else, we're either too long, too stiff, or just not getting a hold. Yeah, you got a nice sweet spot there. Yeah. It took us a while to, to find all that, but it seems it seems to work good. So we, we pretty much stick to it. And... Yeah. Well, that's where all the years come in handy there. All the trial and error and data you've collected to figure out the perfect sweet spot for those bikes. And you pretty much got it figured out, it seems like. So it's working. Yeah. Yeah. You can't, can't uh, mess with a good thing, I guess. Mm-hmm. Are you there with the KTM yet? Or are you still feel uncomfortable? Like, you comfortable on that? It, I know yeah. you've only had a few runs on it, but. I'm comfortable on it. I just want to. I need to get more, way more traction. That's that's our biggest hangout. Mm-hmm. You know, it does make a lot of power. I think stock right. are at like 149 horsepower or something. Yeah. So but what what one is that? 990 or 1190? 1190. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we're we're still working with the suspension and, and the length and all that stuff. We're still playing around with that stuff a bit. We should sure. we should be pretty decent until we come out. You know, in a couple in a couple what, a month and a half or two months or whatever. Yeah. So Brandon was saying you pretty much managed to build that whole thing using OEM stuff minus maybe some extensions, right? Well, we actually made a swing arm, but 
Yeah. Okay. Um, we tried to use as much of the stock stuff or Bodo and stuff as possible. Right. Um, because we were kind of in a time crunch getting it done, and it's like, well, instead of trying to, you know, build a whole chassis and and do all that, it it made more sense to try and use the one that it's in because it, it it fits right, it it controls good. Yeah, and, and that's it, the and it works. The cool thing about those KTM's that you know they're pretty much ready to be a hill climber with a few modifications, and you proved that. Yeah, you have a lot of stuff to strip yeah. off of them. I think we took 150 pounds off of it by taking all the luggage yeah. racks and. All the technology on them, too. Yeah. They do it. There's a lot of stuff going on with them. Yeah. They had about 25 pounds of wire tube done. I think we we filled about a bushel basket full of wires we removed from the wiring harness. Yeah. I did all that without a wiring schematic, too. So I'm like, man, I hope it works. And it actually, it runs. So. Did you leave the cruise control on at least? No. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they have actually have launch control and all that stuff. I and mean, actually, we did. We uh, ended up doing away with all that stuff. Yeah, you don't want that on there. No, and ABS, and there are so many things on those bikes. Yeah, it's crazy. For in, for in their environment, though, for what they're intended, they're actually a really cool motorcycle. Oh yeah, yeah. I know my brother had the 990 Duke a while back, and man, that thing was fun as hell to ride. Oh yeah, yeah. They built a good machine. Yep. Yeah. It was impossible to just kind of casually ride it. I will say that, mm-hmm. like every stop sign or stoplight was a, a whole shot, and you're, it's just <laughs> going, it's, it's yeah. you can't just cruise them around. You're going in full out race mode on the street. Yeah, yeah, red light to red light. Yeah, it would hard. Actually, hard not to. You actually ride that on the street before you made it a hill climber. Mine, I never even test rode it. <laughs> we started it to make because it was brand new. We started it to make sure it runs, and then we tore it apart. And, because I didn't want to put it, it all back together. Huh? Yeah, it was brand new. Wow. It was a six. It was a sixteen, but it was a leftover. Oh, okay. So it, it had it has like zero miles on it. That's it hadn't a good even place been place to start. Yeah, well, because then you don't end up with a, a project bike that you know somebody else destroyed and you have to fix it. You know what I mean? Exactly. It made more sense to to start with a you know, brand new bike. Mm-hmm. But so all the parts we took off of it, they're all brand new. You know, they can you know, we can. We actually gave it, Schaefer's actually gave us the bike and um, we gave them all the parts back because then they can, you know, they can market them or whatever. Mm-hmm. I noticed you left the, the stock exhaust on there. Do you think that's an advantage? Are you going to leave that on there or are you going to chop it up? No, the exhaust is just... It's not stock. That's a super, oh. du- it's a super Duke exhaust. Okay, well, you got the whole silencer and everything on there, which yeah, it's, is it's... kind of unorthodox, I guess, from what most people do, so... <laughs> No, that was, Just, it's straight through. I mean, it quiets it up some, so. Sure. I don't think it's restrictive at all, though. Yeah. Okay. Like, we took the cats out of it and all that, so it can breathe. Gotcha. But I was trying to figure out what to put on there, because the pipes were so huge. And then yeah. We happened to see, uh, one day, Craig and I were up at Schaefer's, and there was a guy there getting it inspected, getting his road bike inspected, and uh, it was a Super Duke. And we actually took some measurements off of while it was sitting there, and then we decided that uh, well, one of these would work. So that's you know we took all the what they call them the decibel killers out of the out of the pipes and made it straight through. Okay. To let it breathe. So, but gotcha. it, that pipe's like eight inches shorter than the stock one. Okay. So I, I just kind of went with that. Most people just have them cut off right at the bottom of the motor there. Yeah. So. Eh, I don't know. I mean, in well, time, I'm just we... wondering if you found an advantage with that one or. 
I don't, I don't know. I mean, the way mine is, it makes it really smooth. Yep. You know, so I, I don't know. I mean, making them loud and, and, and all that, I don't know if it's an advantage or not. And, you know, anyway, to right. find out was do it, and I didn't really want to cut the pipe up. Sure. You know what I mean? So. It's Makes worth, sense. Yeah. Yeah, that thing's got a lot of potential. We just got to do all the right adjustments to it. It's a little bit of a learning curve for us because, uh, you know, I work with nitro stuff all these years. If we could put a tire chain on it, we'd be good now. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, but sure. If you put a chain on it, you'd have all the traction you needed. I know. Well, me being a small guy, too. I mean, I weigh 135 pounds. You know, it's mm-hmm. like thing doesn't even know I'm on it, you know? Yeah, I understand. I think that's what the Kesters were having problems with on the Indian as well as finding traction on that. Yeah. So. Yeah, and even talking to... Um, you know, some of the riders at, at, uh, when we were in Ohio, I sit on Joe Baldy's bike and I'm like sitting on his and sitting on mine. Mine's way stiffer. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, there, there's some other little differences between the guys that, you know, have been running these things for years, have their setup and us. So we're probably mm-hmm. going to, you know, head more of their direction with that stuff till we get something that works right. Sure. Um, but them guys have been working with this stuff for for years too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were they were working on the gas side. We've been working on the nitro side. Exactly. Yeah, it was a big uh, a big learning curve to to switch gears there and go with a knobby tire on a gas bike. Yeah. Well, I mean, one thing you do to get traction, you can put two uh, lead bricks on each side of your waist when you get on that bike. Here, hold it back, powerful of lead. And yeah. A lead vest or something. Well, you can put the calcium in there and do the old dirt track cheat. Oh, we better we'll put you on it, Brandon. <laughs> well, that'll work. You can put me on it. We'll see what it does with me on it. I'm sure I can get traction. We'll make I don't you think ride. You can pass as you, though. Yeah, probably uh-huh. not. Let's <laughs> no, see what hard. We'll make you ride on the back. Somebody's <laughs> going to make this thing get a hold. <laughs> I didn't see any rules about that. Yeah, you're allowed yeah, to have passengers. There's no right? rules about two up riding. <laughs> That's true. There will be. Yeah. <laughs> if there's not, there will be. Uh, I don't know if I'd want to be too up on a hill climber. Well, that'd be too fun. Probably. It wouldn't be bad for the person driving, but the passenger would get a beating. Yeah. Yes, he would. Um, we'll get off of that and we'll get on to, uh, what's about your favorite hill? What would have been maybe your most scary ride you've ever had? Well, I if you remember. <laughs> I don't know. Some of them ended pretty badly, so I don't really remember. Them, but, uh, the one that, one that comes to mind is when I crashed over the top in Ohio. <clears throat> that was pretty okay. bad. And that was... Or was that Devil Staircase? Yeah. That was pretty bad. One of, one of the times I went over frontwards. The, yeah, rear, the rear wheel landed right next to my head on the ground. Yeah, those are never fun. Yeah, that night was pretty scary. I want to say... You know, I had a pretty wicked get-off there in 15. Okay. That's the ones I can think of offhand. <laughs> the ones you can think of offhand. Some, some of them I don't remember too well, so... <laughs> Well, there's a pretty cool shot of you, a white rose, when you're winning and the bike is 15 feet in front of you over the top of the hill. 
Yeah, that's happened a time or two. <laughs> you just kind of let it spit out from underneath you. Yeah, actually, yeah, that wasn't too scary. That was a fast ride, though. Yeah, it was a really fast ride. Um, I've seen some other ones that you know of other people's that are way scarier than mine. Yeah, what's well, always scarier when you're sitting there and you're watching it than when you're when you're on the seat because when you're on the seat you're just kind of going along and you can't really do anything about it anyway. Yeah, well, if you're getting getting the wrong spot, yeah, that stuff goes wrong mm -hmm. pretty quick. That's something that I think a lot of people that come in and look into the sport and they think that it's not that hard of a sport. You're only eight seconds. You aren't riding a bike for eight seconds, but I don't think they realize how much actual work you do in that eight seconds. Yeah, I would agree with that. And it's how tiring that eight seconds on a hill climb bike actually is. Yeah, because a lot happens in that eight seconds. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's got to be mentally taxing, just preparing for that eight-second ride, too, and then keeping your composure through that run Yeah, cause and exec executing the plan. Yeah, hit all your marks. That's the hardest part. Yeah. You, you make a plan before you get on the bike and get it in the hole, and you drop the clutch, and you're five feet away from where you wanted to be at mm -hmm. that point and 20 feet up the hill further yeah, we i guess we always called them in dirt track that's a salvage mission you gotta salvage <laughs> what you can out of it <laughs> yeah yeah or like the days where your first ride didn't go very well and you're sitting last and then you come back and win it you know it's a, that's a salvage mission you, know, you gotta mm -hmm. damage control you know yeah you know, we always you know, that's something that you've done quite a bit in your career is not be on the top of the box and roll in for last ride of the day and then beat everybody out. I don't think I want to race first round until like 2007. <laughs> I want to say that's probably, that's probably right. Every time yeah. I was a second, it was for the first uh, close to 10 years. I think it was always on the second ride when the conditions are worse and you know, everybody else has already won. Yep. Yeah, I think that's what pisses most people off about you too, because <laughs> <laughs> you always come back last minute and take the winner, the podium from them. And I know you had Corey Strickler just because <laughs> <laughs> there was those few times where he'd be on the box, you know, and get all excited and be like, "God damn it, Phil!" Every time. Yeah, a couple times I asked him, "Do you like my salvage mission?" And he's like, "No, I really want to tackle your ass right now." I just start laughing and walk away. Yeah, that's all you can do. Yeah. That's all he can do. Well, um, it was in what okay, fifteen when we went to White Rose for the spring race. Yeah, I rode, I rode my brother's bike. Yep, and we went to go back in for I crashed the first ride, so I was sitting last in the unlimited class. Um. So until we came back for round two, I had already won the extreme class. But when Brandon went to start, my brother's bike, it wouldn't turn over. It was locked up. We had mine along, but we hadn't prepped it or anything or set it up for, for there because we weren't planning on running it. And I was what? I was like second or third rider from the end of the field anyway. Yeah. And we had to go back. There was, what, seven of us back there thrashing, trying to get my bike done. So I think. I rode 10 minutes after, I think Jay was the last one that rode, and I rode 10 minutes later. And 
because we we have 15 minutes. It was about 10 minutes till we got up there and got set up and got going, and I ended up winning the hill climb. So, that, <laughs> you know, and there it was like, you know, I was in last last place, and then we get my bike out and I I blow one through and end up winning the class for the day. Like on an that was that was bike. yeah, and we had that was the first we ran it all day. It was like wow, yep, it was sitting in the trailer till 15 minute clock went on. Yep. Wow. We had to we ran back there, dug it out. We had to change gears, you know, get the flush gas out of it, put put oil in it, put fuel in it. We were we Boy, tore the wheel off my other bike, stuck on it. That's we were, incredible. Yeah, that that was pretty wild. Yeah, we started at the trailer and started the back of the trailer and sprinted up to the line with it running. Wow. That's cool. Yeah, stuff like that's kind of cool. Like you're dealing with a lot of adversity and then you you pull it off at the end like that. Yep. I think we backed into the hole with like 30 seconds left on the clock. Yeah, we had two minutes yet because I said, you guys need a minute. Yeah. I'm sure people can appreciate that now that we're there that got beat by you, but I'm sure then they were probably <laughs> not too impressed. <laughs> I don't know, just to deal with all the adversity of that and then, and then pull it off. That was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, that is really cool. Something, you know, we always said that something that's really gratifying is when you build a bike from scratch. You build every piece of it, and then you got win the title with it the first year. That's pretty cool. That is awesome. Yeah. No, that is pretty cool. There's not a lot of guys that, come out with an untested bike and win right off the bat with them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but I mean, with that, we had a couple years of trial and error with the first one we built, you built. Yeah. So, Yeah. We did a bunch of mods to your dad's bikes and that's kind of you know, what we created mine off of. So. Yeah. We so, kinda, you got to have that 540 maxed out when you stepped off of it. Yeah. So for people that don't know, uh, what are the, technically, what years are your bikes officially? Engine-wise, they're like 73s. Yeah. Yeah. So that's got to hurt even more for some of these guys that have the new stuff. (laughs) And you're coming out on 1970s technology, obviously, with your touch on them, but still, that's pretty pretty cool, too. Yeah. I think, I mean, I'd be honest, if I think if I was riding a modern crotch bike, crotch rocket, and um, you know, some guy was beating me on a an old British twin. I think I'd be a lawyer titted too, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can't really get irritated because I'm the guy that's you know you're the, the guy that, that's doing it. Yeah, yeah, you're the one doing it. I have doing pretty it. good faith that if you were to allow it, that one of those bikes would end up in the museum. Nah, yeah, that, that that probably could happen at some point. Yeah, I mean they're already museum worthy, just the way they are, but. I think it'd be a cool piece to have in their Hall of Fame museum. Yeah, that would be cool. And I think it's the other thing that that people don't see. You put so much time and effort into the appearance of these bikes, not alone how they run. Yeah. And their show quality bikes when you set up and tear them up the side of a mountain. Yeah. Well, that's (laughs) something your dad also taught me too. Is you rather what your dad always say? I don't whether I know what I'm doing or not. I'm going to at least look like I do. You know? Yep. <laughs> That's, That's the, fake it till you make it. Yeah. No, you, know, you always, when you go over them and clean them, you find a lot of, you know, little stuff that you wouldn't have if you wouldn't have done that too, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm, I'm big on maintenance. You know, whether it's, mm-hmm. it's on my dirt bikes or flat track bikes or even, you know, my nitro bikes. Like we go over them all the time. Like we're always working on them. Yeah. 
that's definitely a plus. You got to know what you're working on or riding. Yeah. That extra yeah. bit of comfort, knowing you got all your bases covered going into the race is definitely key. Yeah, because you definitely don't want something failing. Yeah. Do you think that's an advantage? That one of the advantages you may have over some of the other guys that buy their bikes and pay someone to maintain them that you know, I mean, every nook and cranny on your motorcycle? I'm sure that probably is an advantage. The better you know them, the, you, know, you know how to use what you have. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. an advantage for sure. Yeah, I mean, with, with mine, I know their personality, you know, how they act, what they like, you know. Well, there's guys that don't even know how to start their own bikes, so. Yeah, that's very true. <clears throat> not to say it's not it's not easy, but you should know how to start your own bike, I suppose. Yeah. Well, if you get the procedure wrong, it, it really goes wrong. Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, I suppose you weren't there. We've seen it happen at Polk's Hole a few years ago, and it was not pretty. Yeah. You talk about Devin. Yeah. Yep. I figured you were talking about Devin. I wasn't there for that, but I heard about it. Oh boy, I was probably ten feet away from that thing. So makes you deaf for a while. I was. I got very lucky. So did a lot of other people. I think one person caught some shrapnel in the leg. Otherwise, I think Devin was the only one that really caught the brunt of it. But plus a lot of trailers. Yeah, I know it sent a chunk of metal into Jay's tie lube rig. Well, not Jay's rig, but the the tie lube rig that he was borrowing. Oops. And Dave Perigo had a hole in his trailer. So yeah, I mean that is a very serious issue, and mm-hmm. that goes wrong. That oh boy, that was crazy. Yeah, yep. it gives you a whole lot of respect for him. Yeah, definitely. I didn't even realize that was a possibility until that happened. It's like You've seen some big God. ones through the years. Yeah. Well, well, Thomas put a crater on the ground on his bike that one time. They were cleaning his bike. I think Watson was cleaning his bike out in the trailer at Freemansburg, and it blew up like that. Oh my god! They didn't even have the. They didn't even have the. They don't even know why it did it at the time because it didn't even have the battery or anything in it. So there was no way it had ignition. They were just cleaning it out, and it exploded. That's scary. Yeah, when you're confined to a trailer, that's pretty bad. Yeah, that magnifies it by ten, I'm sure. Yeah, because when Devon's happened, that was loud as shit. I mean, that was. Uh, I don't even know how to describe the sketchiness of that whole situation. <laughs> I've experienced it, so I completely understand. What the hell just happened? Yeah. yeah it's insane. never fun. Yeah. That was like, what, 2000 or 2001? They were starting Rodney's bike, and it exploded like that, and it was it was literally right in front of me. I was actually standing there when they were starting it. After that, I decided I'm going to stay back from these things. <laughs> yeah. it, your ears are ringing. You can't hear. You feel like you got mule kicked in the chest. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's crazy. The it concussion crazy. off of that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's insane. Now we go. Let's get, let's see what Phil's thoughts on there. Who uh, bought Jay's R6. Maybe he's got a, a guess you know what, who he thinks what it would be. I actually know who it is, and I don't want to comment on it because I uh, promised I wouldn't. Damn <laughs> it, we know. Phil. We, we've had a – me and Cole have been discussing from after Jay what little hints he dropped. I think we got it figured out. Well, who do you think yeah, it is? Yeah, we probably still shouldn't say, but I suppose if it's just speculation, although Phil knows, so Phil can't say anything. Yeah, we can't We can't say here <laughs> who we think it is because then Phil might accidentally give it away. 
Yeah. <laughs> I promised I, I, I will say this. I, I, it's someone from PA. It's who, we, who I think it is. It's not me. <laughs> Are we in the right geographic location? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> uh, so it is Travis Pastrana. <laughs> yeah, that's how, did you, how did you ever guess that? It's Travis. It's Travis. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah, I actually know the answer to that question, so I don't, I don't want to you know, <laughs> burst anybody's bubble or let the cat out of the bag or anything. All right, maybe when we go I, off I talked to the new here, owner on the phone, so that's that's how I know that. <laughs> when we get off air, you got to tell me because I'm dying. <laughs> I promised I wouldn't do. <laughs> I think for three months we've been trying to figure this one out, haven't we, Kobe? <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'm going to be able to sleep tonight knowing that you know and I don't. <laughs> I know people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know Jay very well, and he won't tell he me. Won't, and Jay won't tell you. <laughs> no. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he said they're coming out next in a couple of weeks to pick it up. So, okay, yeah, yeah, I'm sure I'm gonna have to be there to maybe document that whole situation as gonna, part of my new plan. So, you're gonna hide in the bushes and film it. Aha, this is who I <laughs> yeah. thought it was. <laughs> no, I'm gonna get permission, but I won't leak it. That would be there. good. That would be good sneak peek for the uh, first official Nitro. Yeah, your first official video. I will do behind the bushes, and I'll just blur their face out. <laughs> you hear him go, uh-huh. like I knew it was you. Yeah, like that cheater show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Perfect. Yeah, that's been our uh, ongoing thing for the, this whole season is who bought, who bought Jay's bike. Yep. There's been a well, lot of rumors. Put it this so. way. It's not who I thought it was. We went from Josh Hill, Nate Redmond. Duffy, Nate Redmond. Redmond's the one I heard originally. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I tell you, huh. Nate posted on Facebook that he was coming back. He kind of played into the whole, mm-hmm. the whole thing. Did he? I didn't even see that. Yeah, Nate posted it's coming back in 2021. But he's not really. No, he's he's happy and content with his uh, yeah, his new life. Yeah, I'll be going to his wedding here in October, I believe. Oh, well. I thought they were already married. Nope. Not yet. Are they staying in Minnesota or is they moving back to... Where's she from? She's from New England somewhere. Yeah, New Hampshire, I think. Maybe New England. Yeah, she's in that area up there somewhere. I don't know for sure, but I believe they're staying here. Yeah, okay. Nate's kind of got his established business down here, so I suppose it makes sense for him to stay around here. But you can always pick up and start over. It's not impossible. That's true. Uh, Well, you have anything else you want to add, Phil? I don't know. I think I'm pretty good. Yeah. Anything else you guys want to know? (laughs) (laughs) Trying to think. You said you kind of are running your same program as last year, so nothing new there. No new sponsors or anything exciting happening. Um, no, I still have all the same sponsors. I mean, my two big okay. ones are Factory Connection and Schaefer's Motorsports. Yeah. Okay. Um, there is a possibility I might go out and do the land speed stuff in August. 
Oh, yeah. there's, 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 there's some talk about it. I don't, nothing set in stone yet, but. What are you going to be riding? Uh, a bike like mine. Yeah, Triumph? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Is it, it going to look like one of them torpedoes, or is it going to look like a motorcycle? No, uh, it looks like a motorcycle. Okay. But it's it's possibility. Nothing set in stone yet. Well, that'd be cool. Keep yeah. us uh, posted on that. Yeah. I mean, I won't know till later in the year, but it's, it's, that's sure. kind of where I want to go when, when I retire from this, because mm-hmm. I know how to make my stuff fast. Kind of Will makes that sense be to, uh, in Utah or on a track? Um, I guess I had Bonneville, it, right? It could could be Bonneville, or there's another one, Al Mirage, which is in California. Oh, okay. Yeah, I have the potential opportunity to do either one. Well, that'd be really cool. Yeah, I'm yeah, still. That'd be kind of fun. Yeah, I don't want to say too much, but that's kind of something we're looking at. But. I mean, yeah, my awesome. bikes out there would be good because you know, a lot of them are British bikes anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I help a couple of guys that are out there now, but I've never been out. Cool. Well, that'd be someone you ever think of taking, putting transmissions back into hill climber and run, trying to run land speed? Or you think yeah. you'd melt one down before you got that far? I don't know if we could do it on nitro like we use. Yeah, it's because yeah. they, don't, they don't run that long. It'd be a yeah. short-lived. Yeah, I don't know if you'd make the whole distance. If you did it, I don't think it'd be any good to come back. <laughs> yeah, you'd be walking back like Freemansburg. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if you have enough. I don't know if you have enough fuel to get that far. Yeah, no. I mean, there's a lot of the guys that that uh, you know, I talk to and stuff. They're all running gas, but some some of the speeds they get are pretty impressive. Oh yeah. Well, when you have that far or long of a distance to get there, it's a little easier, I guess. But yeah, because you don't have to get there like right now. You have time to work up yeah. to. Yeah. Exactly. We have a mile to what a mile to get up to speed and yeah. keep your speed a for a mile and a, a mile to slow down. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be interesting to see. Yeah, that's something we're thinking about, you know, and looking cool. at doing. I want to go out for the experience, whether I ride or not. I'd still like to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be cool to get out there and then get your name. Maybe you get one of them really fast ones and you beat Chris Carr's record. I doubt it. Was that three? Was that three twenty four or something? It was some something crazy like that. Yeah, it was some movies over three hundred mile an hour. Yeah, that's that's fine, especially when you're on you're not on a firm surface. You're on salt, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but little guys like you and Chris, the only guys that can shove in them little torpedo bikes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's got to be a tight cockpit in those. Yeah, well, they're all aerodynamic and. Everything else, like I don't know. It's kind of cool. You ever see the movie The World's Fastest Indian? Yeah. Have right, you ever seen that one, Colby? No. About Burt Monroe. Mm-mm. It's kind of a cool story. Yeah. I'm still wondering how they call those torpedo things a motorcycle, even. It has two wheels. By technicality, I suppose, but <laughs> I mean, you're not. You're sitting in it like a go kart, though. I mean, I don't understand. <laughs> It has handlebars and two wheels, so. All right. <laughs> I guess that qualifies then. I've seen some of them, though, have have two wheels in the. They're kind of a three wheeler, though. Polaris mm-hmm. shot technically a motorcycle. Yeah, well, it depends what, what class you run yeah. them into. They have all kinds okay. of venues yeah. and. Yeah. I don't know the rules or. Pocket bikes to jets with wheels. Mm hmm. Yeah, it's a little, a little different world than ours. Yeah. 
Definitely. Well, that's saying being your uh, plans for after you're done hill climbing. Do you have any you have any cap on how long you're going to hill climb? I don't know. But I'm probably going to try and look at it like your dad did when you get to the point where the bikes get ahead of you. It's time to get off. <laughs> yeah. That's a that's a, a good way of putting it when you can't stay up with them anymore. Yeah, you can't hold on anymore. Yeah, that's yeah, good. That's, yeah, so I don't know. I mean, ideally, I'd like to retire on my terms, but you know, we'll see how that goes. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, oh, I want to retire when I'm ready, not when. Um, you have to. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> one of those things, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I've been at it this long. You know? Yeah. 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 It's been a, a long time. That's what a lot of that guy, you know, guys do that do stay with sports a long time. They pick a time and then say, all right, I'm done. But I just haven't yeah, picked that I'd, time yet. I think that's probably the wise decision, especially in this sport. Yeah. Well, as quick as they are, if they are ahead of you, it's, you're asking yep. for trouble. Yeah, like you said, a lot can happen in eight seconds. So if you're not prepared for it. Yeah, that's true. You got to be yep. uh, all in. Yeah. yeah. If you're going to ride your full potential, you know, um. If you're trying to win, you got to be ready. Right. You got to be willing. Right. Oh. Obi should have been there. Your dad tried to uh, do an exhibition ride on the 500. <laughs> yeah, he tried twice and didn't get up the, the first breaker at Jefferson. <laughs> Did he get away from him or what? Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, he was in trouble as soon as he let the clutch out. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. I kept trying to get him to sit front and kept saying, sit front. And he puts a bike in gear. I'm like, all right, well, he'll move front. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> no, because that's, that's how he rode. That's how you had to hook it up back when he rode it on carburetors. Yeah. It was a lot different bike back then. Then the second time, he tried to, you know, ease out a little slower and it still got ahead of him. He's like, man. <laughs> but the funny thing was, it was one of those days where, like, you have a foot of loose dirt on top of it. It's really soft. When he crashed the first time, when he got up, there was dirt draining out of his helmet. Like, that's how soft the ground was. It was just pouring yeah. out the sides. Yeah. And I, I ran up. I said, are you okay? He's like, holy shit, that thing runs. I couldn't stop laughing. Like, he still had his wristwatch on and all that. I just couldn't stop laughing. He's such oh, a character. Yeah. That would be funny to see. Well, he hadn't wrote it in, I think we figured, like, 15 years. Yeah. Yeah, so... You ride something every every week, you know, for what eighteen years, and then you stop riding it for fifteen years. A lot changes, you know. Yeah, yeah. And the bike advances tenfold yeah. from what it was. Yeah, and yeah, he yeah. rode it just like he did back in the day. Turn it wide open and let it rip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, got to give him credit for that. He give him an A for effort. <laughs> he gave it hell. <laughs> yeah, might have been might have been ugly if he would have got over the first jump though. Yeah, I think if he'd have stayed straight and got over that, he, even if he was airborne, it'd give him some chance for him to realize that, hey, I'm up here now. <laughs> they, you know what I mean? They, they get ahead of you quick. It was ahead of him. Yeah. Yeah, got to give him props for trying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I learned a lot of stuff from Ralph. You know, he took a chance on me a long time ago. And, and uh, you know, we, we've talked about it sometimes. Like, did you ever think when you asked me to ride for you that, you, it would have turned into all this, you know. He's like, no. <laughs> no he enjoys it still. Yep. I don't think he's ever thought he'd still be doing it 40 years later when he's got into it. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't, I, even when I started, I didn't know if I'd be at it this long. 
I didn't know. I'm like, well, it's something else to try, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and look at us now. <laughs> look at now, going down in the record books as the most consistent writer. Yeah, that works for me. <laughs> How many championships are you up to? I just have two. Just the two? Yeah. One of the we had two. a lot of... We had a lot of politics, and we got shafted a bunch of times out of some of them, but I don't know how many yeah. I would have without all that stuff. But Sure. Yeah. I'm sure well, you, still you know, years, to be proud of. Yeah, well, years back, they, we always, like, you'd blow a smoking ride, and the timing lights would conveniently not work. No, nobody's oh, been yeah. shafted more times in, in the time that I've been riding than I have with that. Yeah. A lot of these young guys don't even, you know, really know much about it, but. It's funny how mad they get when they miss their times. It's like, <laughs> you, don't even have no clue. <laughs> you don't even know. It's like, you don't even yeah. know. Yeah, it's got to be the most frustrating thing about this sport. Yeah. I can um, remember there was, you know, they missed three rides like that at Freemansburg in a row that I put in. And the fourth one, my oh chain my God. Yeah, yeah, so frustrating. I know yeah. all about it, too. And I seen it happen to Kester at Polk's Hole the first year I went. And, man, that had to just be devastating because – was it second? I can't remember, but he definitely put down the fastest ride of the day, and they missed it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh man, yeah. it's so frustrating. And that's happened to Phil so many times. Yeah, yeah. Or somebody land, somebody land out of bounds and make the ride right. and turn fast time, but they were out of bounds at fifty feet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's happened a few times. Like there was a lot. There was a lot of politics years ago, and that's one thing I got to give Rob Redman credit for. He don't seem to. He seems to be on the, the straight and narrow with that stuff and keep it fair. And that's you know my hats off to him on that one. Because we, we had sure. we had a lot of problems years back with the stuff. Yeah, it was long before Rob, but he's you know, he's been good about keeping all that stuff in check. You know. Yeah. yeah, there's definitely that's definitely one thing that could be improved in the sport. I think is a little bit of R and D on a good light system to keep it consistent because mm-hmm. missing times is uncalled for. I know it's not anybody's fault half the time, but sometimes it is somebody's fault and you don't ever want to, you know, push blame on somebody and mm-hmm. whatever in certain situations, but they do fail enough to where it is a problem. Yeah. Well, what I was referring to is like when you're the only one and there's 60 rides in for the day. Yeah. Makes you stay you know, after that happens enough times. It makes you wonder if it ain't deliberate, you know? Yeah. But, you know, any, any more the way since, since, uh, you know, all the changes and, you know, all the people shuffled around and everything and, you know, the way mm-hmm. things are now, usually if they miss me, they miss somebody else too. It's not just me yeah. or they miss somebody else and then me or whatever. When you're, yeah. when you're the only one time after time after time, it really makes you wonder. Hey, do you have the, if I remember right, you have like a plate in your front wheel? Yeah. Is that because of that? Yep. To try and reduce that issue? Yeah. It makes sense. I know a lot of grass draggers do that. So it definitely makes sense to, you know, try and get that clock to engage quicker. Yeah. Well, if you're on it, like we kind of looked at it as like when you, if you're on the back wheel and you go through the light, I mean, you're only the widest thing on the bike's what? The engine if it's if if they're up that high yeah right. you, you know what i mean if if it goes through the swing arm there's not much there right we were trying to look at any avenue to to try and make sure that you know we get a consistent light trip each time yeah and nine times out of ten you are wheeling <laughs> through the lights so yeah, i used to make sure i got it down just as we went through the, you know we yeah. went through that that seemed to help but 
Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's that's why the discs are there. Yep, just, makes sense. Yeah, there at one point we were thinking of encasing the swing arm and around the motor. You're just trying to put anything solid there, just to just to make sure it would catch it, even the rear sure. wheel. Yep, because makes I mean, sense. Yeah, I mean I, we don't have the same lights that we used to, and you know some things have changed with that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, everything we have seems to be working. Yeah, it works fairly well. It's there's a rare instance where it doesn't work, and you know I think. I'd sure hate to see the sport go back to the old string trick, but... Or a stopwatch. It, it's foolproof. <laughs> the stopwatch. Well, we've been down to running the stopwatch a couple of times. Not the stopwatch, but the string, I feel like, is pretty foolproof. <clears throat> How's the string work? Well, I feel like they used to have to go through a string that was run across the hill. Yeah, that was just a spray paper there just to let you know where the finish line was so you knew where to shut off at. Uh, I thought that was to shut the lights off. No. no. Now, they've always been a, a beam for as long as I've been in it. Uh, Just they used to be hardwired. There used to be a wire that run all the way from the top down to the timing tower instead of a okay. transmitter. Yeah. All right. That makes sense. Yeah, the string thing, I was kind of curious about that. But, yeah, I, I know what you're talking about with the paper and – but it's like Brandon said, just to let you know where yeah. you're at. I guess that's one way to do it. <laughs> now, I think we were we went down to the stopwatch one time when I was announcing at White Rose, and they, someone took out both sets of lights that they had. Mm-hmm. And I think I had to use a stopwatch in the tower while we were while I was announcing. That'd be a hard one to judge. Yeah, that was a little little off have to know when i knew we did it at an indiana hill climb yeah something that put a lot of pressure on the guy with the stopwatch if anything goes wrong you just throw him a couple extra hundreds you know <laughs> <laughs> give me a half a second head start <laughs> yeah yeah oh boy a lot of room for foul play there oh yeah <laughs> all right phil i think we're gonna let you go Kobe looks like he's about ready for bed over there. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. I was going to say, I know the feeling. I've been up since early. Yeah. I was say, you're probably about ready to. Yeah, we got about an hour and a half in. That's pretty good. Yeah. All right. So we're going to let you go, Phil. Uh, all we right. just want to leave it running until I text you. That way I get all the recording and stuff. Okay. So just leave, the, leave this all up and stuff, and then you can go. Do whatever you got to do. All right. About our five minutes here, so. All right. All right. All right, you guys, take it easy. Oh, you're welcome. All right, right. good to see you, Phil. Good seeing you. Take it easy. Take care. You too. All right. right. Well, it's cool to get to talk to him a little bit. Yeah, 22 years of uh, racing experience. Solid career. Yeah, I don't. Like said, most consistent dude out there. So I don't know if you guys are going to have that length of a career anymore. I can't believe he managed to stay on the podium that consistently for that long. Yeah, you you never realized that was that twenty years in a row. I did not realize it was that long. I knew it was a long time, but twenty years, crazy. Yep. Either one, two, or three. That is insane. And only two championships, though. Yeah. 
he only got the two. There was a lot, like you said, there was a lot of times that, you know, we as a team felt that things went bad and we got chewed out of them. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it's um, a bummer. And there was a race at Dayton that it rained and they canceled the, uh, the event on Sunday morning and feels two points out of first place, so. Ouch. That burns. But he kept a good spirit and stayed yep. stayed in the sport and kept chipping away. That's cool. Didn't let him. with it. Kept doing it. Yeah. I and think what's even, really even more impressive with Phil is that, like you said, he's 48 years old. He's still going strong. He's still a threat to win the event anytime he backs into the hole. Absolutely. And there's not many uh, motorcycle sports that someone in their 40s can still be a threat to win anytime they show yeah. up. Yeah, that's one cool thing, like we always say about this sport. Age doesn't matter as long as you're willing to give it all. <laughs> that's right. You got a chance. Well, I mean, it obviously comes with the skill, too. Yeah. Before we go, I want to remember everybody to get over to app.yalabid.com backslash nitro and mud and register for some cool memorabilia from some pro riders. Yeah. The the list is getting stacked with cool stuff. So if you want to get your name on that, get in. Very well pick you up some yep. cool piece of history, some wall hanger stuff. Yep, and all those proceeds are going to go to help the five youth athletes that we pick for the Nitro Mud youth team. How many are we to up get to them yet? To no. Wisconsin. I think we got about eight to choose from now. All right, we're getting up there. Getting up there, and making the choice a little harder. Yeah, there's got to be more than eight of you guys out there. So let's see some some essays coming in. That's right. Get them in. Maybe you get picked and get to own the uh, Nitro and Mud banner. Heck yeah. Logan gave me the end to a canopy guy and said we can use his big uh, 20 foot canopy for the team. Sweet. So, I'll he probably. He's the guy that letters him up. So. I should have a nice one by then as well. All right. So, we should have a pretty good little pit area set up for these guys. I hope so. I think we will. Yeah. Have it set up good. All right, Brandon. Well, you have yourself a wonderful evening, and it was a good episode. Thanks for having me on, as always. Yep. Thank you, Colby. Thanks for coming on and everything you do to help out, bud. Absolutely. My pleasure. All right. All right, for Colby Marble and myself, the Cowboy, Nitro Mud is out. See you next week. Peace.
Mind. <laughs>